You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We've just hit episode eight of the TV show, little Halloween episode. We've got Michael here this episode as well with Zoe. What did you guys think? Guys, I loved this challenge. I love scary movies. I love all things spooky. This was like talking to me on a deep teenage <laughs> level. Yeah, I really liked it. I It felt like kind of a classic, like maybe even first episode, like Lego Masters challenge format where it was like all the different worlds clicked together. There were no weird advantages <laughs> or, or unclear <laughs> judging criteria for me to be annoyed at. So I was happy. So the teams had 10 hours again to do their Halloween build. And I feel like we've said a couple times before that 10 hours isn't super long. There haven't really been any real long builds. But what I found particularly this episode was that I know they had a bit of a base plate to start them off, but 10 hours just really didn't seem like enough time for what Brickman was expecting from them. Like you were you were thinking that he was expecting them all to have huge amounts of scale kind of matching what was in the middle of the of the pieces? Yeah, yeah. I felt like he kept asking everyone to kind of do more or scale things up or put in more details, but it may, it may have just been the editing, but like with 10 minutes to go, it looked like a lot of people were pretty far from done. And you have said before that this season does feel like it's focusing on like quantity of challenges over like length of builds. Mm. Michael, what do you reckon as an actual contestant? <laughs> I think I, I think each challenge for Lego Masters pushes contestants to learn a new skill and sort of gain a new skill. And I think what this challenge showed was one idea done really big and really simply was the way to go for it, just for pure storytelling mm. reasons. And, of course, the base bite didn't look enormous. It looked pretty standard size for the show. Um, but given the 10 hours, if you did one thing really big and really well the base plate sort of took care of itself and I think that sort of showed. Yeah, that's so true. Let's get straight into the challenges. So we'll start with Alex and Caleb who had, what did they call it, like the reimagined experiment or something because they weren't allowed to say Frankenstein. <laughs> the uh, What was it? It was the reanimated corpse. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so silly. Um, so, yeah, they did, they kind of went along that theme. They had like the evil experiment and the re- reincarnated course, whatever it was, whatever you just said, popping out, the Frankenstein, popping out of the house um, with the arms coming out. The eye in the top of the house looked awesome. I, I really liked this from them. I actually thought it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think it was probably their best build. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with Brickman's comments around it, the, the background just didn't stand out enough. If they had done that in like a, you know, a really like a, imagine if it was a big either orange or purple or lime green sort of color castle, like it doesn't need to be um, gray. I think it, I think it potentially could have won. Do you think it was a case of too much focus on the monster, which makes sense, but then not enough focus on all the context? Yeah, a little bit. I think it'd be interesting to hear their thoughts on it too because I wonder if it was a lot of the time you feel so like pigeonholed into building a castle out of grey on the show. Like there's a lot of that. So I wonder if they felt that way that the castle had to be grey when it potentially, you know, could have been purple or could have been a a more spooky colour. Especially because the character they were building had like, pretty bright primary colours as, like, the limbs. So I wonder if they thought if they did a colour other than grey for the mansion that 
it would have clashed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, we'd have to hear their thoughts on it. So, Caleb and Alex, please reach out. Let us know. <laughs> I also think I agree it was maybe one of their best builds of the season so far, but I also think their technical skills are much more evident in this build as well. In previous builds, that hasn't really been a focus, but in this case, there were so many more intricacies compared to stuff they'd built previously. So a lot of evolution from those guys, and we'll see how they go going forward. One more thing on them as well is I hated their feet, (laughs) which is actually a good thing because they look so much like feet and I just hate feet. Yeah, I was uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, so well done, guys. You've made myself and Zoe uncomfortable. (laughs) Foot foot phobia. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Trent and Paul who did the werewolf wilderness retreat. Guys, I say it every episode, but I just love them. Like their ideas are so quirky and fun and original. And I'm really sad that they couldn't really execute this the way that they wanted to. Like it wasn't really, I didn't really think it was that spooky, but I loved the story. I loved all the little elements, the yoga, the little half transformed werewolves. I just adored it. Again, Trent and Paul's ideas, I don't know where they come up with them, but it's, it completely fits within the spooky theme because, mm. the build, as Brickman said, the build doesn't have to be scary. It just needs to be spooky. Um, I think, again, comments from Brickman were pretty fair and I think Trent and Paul were pretty honest with themselves. But, again, I can't fault the idea and I love the use of colour as well. So I think these guys are probably, sorry, everyone else, my favourite. they are a very lovable team yeah and this is really the first time that we've seen them not execute on what they tried to pull off or at least seem that way on the episode and we've talked before about how they never get any screen time because their builds are so seemingly without obstacle um this is maybe the first time they've had any problems i know i complain every week about not getting them on our screens and then when I do, it's like them struggling and I'm like, no, go back to doing everything perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that the time with these sort of challenges, I think 10 hours is probably enough if you've come up with an idea really quickly and you can execute it really well. Mm. But if you run into hiccups, I think that's yeah. where that time becomes a real challenge. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I felt like that was really obvious. And we'll jump to Kirsty and Daniel now because I think they were also a really good example of this where – because they took a bit of time to land on their idea, it kind of showed in the end result, which was a shame. So they got the Lagoon Monster minifig and they kind of recreated that at scale. And once they got the idea, I feel like it was right on track. It would fit perfectly in this challenge, but they just they had just lost too much time by that point, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you could see the, the two arms were probably built one was probably built by Kirstie and one was probably built by, by Dan. Yeah. Mm. But, again, it's one of those things where if you come up with a really solid plan at the start, I think they would have executed it really well and it's sort of you, you sort of time waste if you have to iterate the build a little bit. Yeah. Whereas mm. if they had said, this is what we're doing from the start, I have no doubt they would have done an amazing swamp with an amazing swamp creature in the middle. Not that it wasn't amazing already, um, but they would have just been able to fill out the scene a little bit more, I think. Mm. We'll go to Nick and Jean who got the mummy and they did like the pyramid desert temple of the tomb king vibe with lots of trapdoors. I think this was another example of what you mentioned earlier, Michael, where if you just had like one clear idea and you did it big and you did it well, that was kind of all you needed. Whereas Nick and Jean's strength is in their details and in their little stories. And that almost kind of caught them up this week. Yeah, I agree. I think this this build that they did 
um, probably would have won last season's Heroes Quest. I dare say, yeah. yeah. So it was so playable. It was so cool. I loved the I loved the uh, pink out the back of the pyramid too. That was yeah, that was pretty fun. <laughs> um, but again, I think I think you're right. Their build was awesome and it was great, but it probably just wasn't. You look at sort of the imposing nature of some of the other builds that were massive, and I think that's probably where the challenge was was headed in terms of what the judges wanted. Yeah, particularly because you are putting all those builds together at the end. So having a smaller build with lots of intricate details means it kind of gets lost amongst everyone else's. Yeah, and I think if you do that one really big thing first and you get that done and out of the way, then it's almost like, because to be fair, that's not the fun part of the build or Mm. a lot of people don't think that as well. Or I'll I'll say I don't think that. That really big thing is not the most fun part. The fun part is all doing all those little minifig stuff you know, around the base plate and having off, having having fun with all that sort of stuff. So I think if you can just get the bulk of the work done first and then have fun at the end, I think the product is better overall. I really like that they had that little playability trap stuff just because we don't get that ever, really. I can't even remember the last time that was in a build or at least shown in the episode. And maybe this wasn't the best showcase for it, this particular challenge. But I was just really happy to see it. I feel like... I would like to see more of it in the future, if possible. Thank you, Lego. <laughs> cough, cough, wink, wink. <laughs> we'll go to Lexi and Rach, who were in our top two, and they got the ghost. Their okay, their original idea was like buyer's remorse, haunted mansion overtaken by ghosts, which I thought was cool. Then Brickman came around and was like, the tree needs to be the monster. And then I kind of got confused. And I still liked it in the end. I thought they did a cool job, but I was just confused. Which part do you think you were confused by? Well, I kind of thought that like the villain, I'm saying in quotation marks, was like the house slash the ghosts that have taken over. That's what I thought the original idea was. But then Brickman was kind of like, there's there's nothing scary about this. Like there's no villain. And so that's why the tree needed to be a character all of a sudden. I don't know. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. But then the house was still, like, spooky, so it was still kind of half a villain, even with the tree? Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But I think if we have a look at the tree and how awesome it was, and congratulations to Rachel, who's never really done characters before, Mm. that was technically very challenging and I thought came off really well. Yeah. And I thought certainly added to the scene. Like, it it didn't feel like it was separate. I felt like it was sort of the haunted house with the haunted, you know, outside of the house as well. So it was all yeah. one in the same world. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. I, like, I do definitely think it added to the build. I think I was just, like, confused about, like, what what was meant to be the villain in quotation marks, but I think it was just kind of like the whole thing. Just, like, general spooky energy. Yeah, everywhere. but Rach yeah. did such a good job on that trade. Like, it looked really good. Especially because I feel like she probably didn't enter into that build expecting to do that. She had her little yeah. trees off to the side, which were also really cool. I, I liked the way they were real, like, technicky and pointy and spindly. <laughs> and then halfway through she has to, like, think in her head about, okay, how am I going to build this entirely different thing? Yeah. I think from a, from a ghost perspective, I think was the ghost meant to, you know, were the characters meant to be the the anti-heroes of the build where they were meant to be central to it. And if, if, if that's the yeah. case, is, is that where your problem potentially lies? I don't know. Yeah, I think that might have been my confusion because a lot of the other builds, or actually I think all of them, 
used their minifig as like the villain or like the the central part of the build. Like that was what mm. made the build spooky was that minifig. Yeah, or a version of. Whereas theirs, yeah, whereas theirs was the only one where like the ghost was such a tiny part of it. But again, I don't, I don't think it had to be based on what they said. Like it didn't sound like it had to have a giant ghost in it or anything. I think I was just like, wait, we're doing this now. We're doing this. <laughs> All right. Our winners, Henry and Joss with the spider witch. Oh, so deserved in my opinion. This was just chef's kiss. I think this was just about the best build we've seen this season. I know mm. that's a massive call, but the technical ability to get that house that size on right. eight spindly little legs, and I know you both love a spindly boy summer, um, <laughs> I think was like technically a masterpiece. Visually, I've never seen anything like it. I wouldn't even think to go there. But, again, it was really big, it was really simple, and it was done really well. And, and to me it filled up the base plate. Yeah. Mm. Also, huge shout out to them for literally putting the titanium brick in their build. What a flex. <laughs> That's a power move. That's a Hamish and Andy power move. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so interesting what they were saying about having the titanium brick in that they took a lot more risks than they probably would have. Like I- I'm curious to know what they would have built if they didn't have the titanium brick. Mm. But I also kind of feel like they're the first team where we've really seen them be like, okay, we're safe, let's push ourselves. Because I feel like the other teams, when they've had it previously, have still tried to sort of play it safe or play to what they know. Yeah, I just feel like they played to their strengths, but they they didn't in a way. Like they managed to turn a house into a creature, but it was still so different to anything they'd produced mm. on the show before. Fit the brief, better than anything I think I would have produced. So well done, boys. Also, Michael, as an as an expert, the roof of the house, do you have any idea or any theories on how they pulled that off? It was like pointy and curvy at the same time somehow. I'm not sure, actually, without without <laughs> seeing a little bit of it. I suspect there's probably some level of flex tubes in there, which are sort of bendable tubes, but they hold their form if you put them in certain shapes. Okay. I know Joss really likes to use those, so I suspect they're part of it. But again, um, Josh would be the one if he's happy to share his secrets with everyone on the mm. podcast. Would be the one to uh, would be the one to ask. So next episode, we have the wind slash giant fan challenge, and I'm excited. This looks really different, and fun. This is like the ultimate technical challenge coming up. So I think it's going to separate a lot of people would be my guess. It also kind of looks similar to like the shaking bridge challenge in the sense that it has different levels of wind because there was a little snippet where Hamish was saying like now we're going to the next level. So I'm also interested to see if that plays a factor, like they have to last a certain amount of time. Yeah, potentially. I don't know. It. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see until tomorrow night. Yeah, it looks like they want the build to not get blown away but then also do something with the wind. Like we saw a lot of propellers which then spun like caterpillar legs and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm honestly real hyped. It looks very fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you want to. We'll have episodes of the podcast for every episode of the TV show. 
And you can also follow us on social media. Zoe, how do they do that? On Instagram at Logomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMD the pod, where Parente has been posting. Yeah, I've been I've been tweeting up a storm. Confirmed. <laughs> Go tweet at him. He has not been blocked by Elon yet. Yeah. Oh, but that's my dream. <laughs> to be blocked, blocked by me. Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.